This is Marketing Today from Melbourne, Australia, your number one podcast for news and commentary on some of today's top marketing stories. Now, here's your host, Peter Wagstaff. This is episode 85 of Marketing Today for Friday the 13th of February. Peter Wagstaff here and thank you so much for listening. Well, before I get into any marketing content, let me just say that it has been an absolutely horrific week in and around Melbourne with the bushfires. Our thoughts are with anyone and everyone who has been affected in any way by these horrific horrific events and it looks as though they are continuing in um, Healesville and surrounding areas as we speak. So please, if you're anywhere around there, take care of yourself and uh, hopefully the uh, threat will pass fairly soon. Now this week in marketing today, we're going to start off with some marketing news of the week and then we'll have a chat with Cole on the couch. In marketing news this week, uh, we have an ongoing development with Naked Communications. Uh, Remember last week we spoke about the Witchery Man campaign, the controversial Witchery Man viral campaign. Well, this week um, there have been further developments. Matt Baxter, the public face of Naked Communications, has left the organisation. And there was a very simple statement from the agency that said that Matt Baxter will be leaving Naked Communications to pursue other new business opportunities. They haven't linked it to the Witchery campaign, but there is a lot of speculation out there in the blogosphere that maybe it is related to that uh, campaign. We'll see. In other news, the new numbers are out um, looking at users of social networks. And for the first time ever, Facebook is now number one in terms of unique visitors and monthly visits ahead of MySpace, the previous number one. What's interesting, though, is number three on this list, and that's Twitter. Uh, Twitter on the last ranking was number 22. It's jumped up to number three. So that's the one to look out for. Interestingly, with Twitter, though, Um, massive number of monthly visits, but from a relatively small number of unique visitors. Um, So in other words, the users of Twitter are active users. So it'll be interesting to watch where Twitter goes there. With the uh, report, though, that uh, says that MySpace has now fallen from number one to Facebook, there was a statement that came out from Brett Brewer. He's the co-founder of MySpace. Um, who acknowledges that MySpace will never win over Facebook. Facebook is now the number one and will always remain ahead of MySpace. But of note in what he said, warned that Facebook is likely to be usurped as the king of social networking sites within two years by another entrant. Not surprising, uh, but that entrant, he predicts, will be someone that um, looks at social networking when you're out and about. In other words, a network that will work much more effectively on mobile phones. While we're talking about social networks, um, Facebook. Now, an interesting little campaign on Facebook, which is um, being run by the marketers of Samboy Chips. You may remember Samboy Chips from years ago. They're running a campaign called Samboy is Back because the brand is being relaunched. Now, what's fascinating is that the competition that they are running Uh, which has been heartily embraced by a number of people, requires you to set up a Facebook group. And the 
Facebook group that has the most members by the end of this week, that is today, Friday the 13th of Feb, will win $10,000 and a massive supply of chips. Now, a uh, very entrepreneurial individual by the name of Kimberly Evans set up a Facebook group promising that if she wins, the money will be donated to the bushfire victims. And as we speak, there are around about 90,000 members that have joined that group um, and growing. I suspect by the end of today, it's going to be closer to 100,000 or possibly even exceeding. Um, and Kimberly has promised to give that $10,000 to bushfire um, charities. And there's also lobbying on that site that uh, maybe Sandboy should pitch in a little bit more than just the $10,000. What is fascinating, though, is that Sandboy accidentally have become, um, I guess, a, a social cause with their marketing here. They didn't intend it to be connected to the bushfire effort, but um, accidentally it's happened, and accidentally everyone knows that Sandboy is being re-released. So congratulations, Sandboy. Good to see the money is likely to go to a really good cause as well. Still on social networks, Twitter. Now, if you're like me, you've probably often scratched your head wondering what Twitter's revenue source is. Um, how did it actually make any money if you've spent any time on Twitter? Well, they've been sitting back looking for ways to do that, and they've just announced this week that they may start charging brands for using Twitter. Um, in other words, looking at uh, creating revenue-generating features to tap into the way that brands use Twitter as a hybrid marketing and customer service tool. This is from uh, Marketing Magazine in the UK. Uh, fascinating to see if that's going to go anywhere. I know a lot of marketers are screaming out there at the moment about uh, this potentially happening. But also there's going to be an interesting grey line there in terms of when is a marketer using Twitter for marketing purposes versus just talking with customers as an individual. We'll wait and see what happens there and whether that actually does materialise. And the final bit of news this week, and I guess it's not uh, news but more uh, comment from me, um, I have been spammed this week, and I know a lot of other people in the blogosphere and uh, podcast sphere have as well, by a PR organisation by the name of Publicity Queen. Diane Falzen, if you're listening, give it up. Um, you're literally spamming us. I'm not really interested in, in um, featuring your hairdresser who has become a financial software designer. Um, not a good way to get your message out, uh, Diane, so I'd suggest you give up. Remove me from your list, please. Hope you're listening to that. So that's it for news this week. Let's now have a chat with Colin. It's Cole on the Couch. Welcome back, Colin. Good to have you here. It's good to be back. Thanks, Wags. What an amazing week in Melbourne. It's and been, around. Yeah, it's been quite extraordinary, hasn't it? Yeah. It has, and um, just looking looking out the window now, and the Melbourne's air is looking very thick and heavy in smoke still. Smoke haze. It's been, mm. I mean, obviously, the, the news has flashed all around the world. Mm. I've, uh, I've been getting messages from people I haven't had touch with for years and years and years in the UK and America. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you're right and so on. Mm, quite, um, quite frightening. Yeah. Uh, I, I really don't think we yet fully know the the impact um, that it's going to have on on everyone. No, um, no, I, 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 we, so many ways. We yeah. Yeah, look, we haven't even uh, finished the ghastly counting, the death and injury, and so on. And of course, there will yeah, doubtless be uh, people listening to this who 
will have been immediately impacted. They'll have had friends or family or property who've um, mm. uh, it, it, who've been damaged or worse. So, of course, sympathies to them. We uh, we know that Monash has lost both staff and students. Yes. Um, as again, as you'd expect in a big place. But I have to say, it's uh, uh, something I'm uh, proud of being at, uh, at Monash about is, of course, our Gippsland campus down at Churchill is a huge staging post for the CFA. Exactly. They, so a lot of the coordination and so they, on, and accommodation for people who have lost uh, lost homes. Um, yeah, it's, it's a refugee centre. Mm -hmm. It's a um, it's also a staging post for the CFA. They've yes. Because there's a canteen down there for when it's, it's term time. That's apparently has been working 24-7. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's just uh, something pretty unprecedented for down there. But, ideal. Uh, that, yeah. uh, and uh, yeah. I guess we were so lucky those facilities were available and relatively unused uh, this month as well. It, it's, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's a slack time for them, but I should say if anybody's listening to this and is a distance education student, it, uh, some dispatch of your materials may be delayed uh, because that's, uh, that's one of the major functions that happens at the Gippsland campus. So uh, I'm sure people will understand yeah. if there are, are some delays yeah, there. If, if, yes. if it is a bit, then you can appreciate saving lives and looking after people. But the good news is yeah. that the campus is, uh, hasn't been touched by the fires, yeah. Um, yeah. so no damage at all to the, the campus down there, yeah. which is good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah that is interesting um, marketing response to some of these fires, Colin. Um, you, you'd probably be aware today is Friday the 13th mm. of February. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and today you've probably been uh, hearing in the news about coal supermarkets and what they've been doing. Um, so all profits, they say. I'm not quite sure how calculated, but I wouldn't want to be too cynical. Uh, net profit, gross profit, not sure. But uh, yeah, interesting. In fact, um, all, all profits from their sales are going to be given to the bush family. But I think the other mob are too. I think um, Woolworths, Safeway. Are, are I'm not sure about today, well. but look, virtually, course, yeah. I'm just being swamped by all of the the information coming to yeah. me about by the this, buy that, do mm. this, do that, and you will be supporting the bushfire. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. I mean, let's let's hear what um, Ian McLeod, he's the managing director of Coles, had to say about um, what Coles is doing today. Yeah, good, good, good of him to um, stop collecting trolleys for the education. <laughs> yes. Sorry. So, so this is yeah. the managing director of Coles, Ian McLeod. We're hoping shoppers will get into stores today and help us make our donation as large as possible for the victims of this tragedy. Okay, so he's um, basically donating all of the profit, but they're not being clear on net profit, gross profit. Um, when he asks, asks the question, how much money does he think Coles is going to raise, mm -hmm. here's his response. Well, we think we'll raise between 3 and $4 million for the bushfire victims, and we hope Australians will get on board and help us make that total as large as possible today. Okay, so 3 to $4 million, that's a substantial amount. But he hopes that Australians will get on board and make that total as high as possible. Mm. Buy as much as possible from Coles. He, I, I sh shouldn't shouldn't be rude. He's got quite a heavy accent too, that guy. He's, he's <laughs> not been in Australia all that long. <laughs> but look, um, uh. this raises the question. Now, I mean, great that Coles is doing this. And, of course, um, of course and it's fantastic. Yeah, kudos and, to, and the, to them yeah, for that. Yeah. Organising it must be very difficult to be able to, to, be able to get a huge organisation like that to do that. Yeah. Such short now, why do it? Is this purely philanthropic, or is this opportunistic of Coles to um, to cash in on on people's grief? I've actually done a bit of research work in corporate social responsibility, which is why you're asking me the question, I guess. Yes. And it's absolutely clear that it's not purely philanthropic. Why? Pure, why? Why not? Pure philanthropy means that you I, uh, involves you, your organisation, giving money without any expectation of reward from anyone. Okay. So if it was purely philanthropic, 
It'd be a silent sign the cheque and hand it over. Mr. McLeod would be sending a cheque, plain unmarked envelope, off to the the uh, those wonderful, wonderful people mm-hmm. at the Red Cross or whoever. Um, that would be pure philanthropy. Now, most organisations don't do that because, of course, some they've got a. Uh, they've got a responsibility to their shareholders too. Of course. And if you're going to uh, take three or four million dollars out of your profits, that's shareholders' money. It's a profit-driven business, and obviously yeah. they there's something in this yeah. for Coles as well. Yeah. What is what's in it for Coles? The, the good feeling that, that generates yeah. throughout the community. Yes. So longer term, there'll be a, a return. Yeah. yeah you, you get a good feeling about going to the supermarket, which I have to say is not the most exciting part of my week, mm-hmm. uh, but. Yeah, and I hope that people will jam the aisles of the supermarket uh, Absolutely. this um, this Friday. Mm-hmm. Although it's a Coles shareholder, <laughs> you have to think of it. Or, Full uh, disclosure, we're, 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 yeah, as a Wes Farmers uh, shareholder who now who now yes. own Coles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the, 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 a completely insignificant amount of money to Coles, uh, three or four million, is um, is, a, is a fair whack. That's a lot. It's, it's, it's a six, six times more than uh, what Nicole. Kidman donated yesterday. Oh, well, 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 she, she put well, in they, half a mil. And there, and there, you see. I wonder if there's going to be a sort of bit of a league table that people are drawing up. Yeah. So yes, you've given this much. They've given that much. How much are you giving? It's already uh, happening. Yeah, I mean, kids' schools are asking uh, to give money, and and, the, and there's a fundraising concert here at the um, at the Griffin. Uh, on, oh, that's on, right. On, yes, on, next on, week. On yes, on campus here. That's the pub just underneath the bookshop here. Yes, recently yep. reopened. Good. Yeah, excellent. So, so everyone's doing something. I mean, somebody in the uh, up the street from me is having a having a garage sale. Profits to the bush farm wow. because they say so, lovely at all levels. Did you watch the telethon last night on Channel Nine? Uh, no, I was working too hard, Wags. But, I, actually, you know, I, I expected you to say commercial television. I wouldn't touch it. Something like that. Um, interesting. I mean, they raised twenty-one million dollars, but fantastic. Um, already, and I agree, fantastic. That's but already, dollar, that's about a dollar from every single person in the country. Absolutely. Yeah. But there are critics out there um, who are oh, gee, uh, this is, yeah, this is interesting yeah. let me tell you who the critics are the yeah. rival networks are already screaming saying that this was an opportunity not philanthropy uh, this was Channel 9 acting in their own best interest and here's why the argument says that they've, they chose Thursday night because it, it is the night where they have the weakest ratings it's the night where there were programs that had recently Ooh. been dumped. Ramsey's Kitchen has just been thrown out. They mm-hmm. need to fill that gap. And they, Channel 9 have not yet answered the question. be interesting, uh, uh, Eddie McGuire or anyone else at Channel 9, if you'd like to call and let us know, what are you doing with your advertising revenue from last night? Yeah, now, I know Channel I'm 9 were donating. I don't know to what extent, but yeah. um, that certainly helped their ratings last night, and Channel 9 has been struggling this year with their ratings. Um, so the, the cynics are saying, why did they do it? Ooh, I have to say... You see, I think I'm. I think we're allowed to criticise Coles because we're not a rival supermarket chain, mm-hmm. and you know it's our job to present a critical eye on things and to, yes. and, and to think where others might not have as much time to do the thinking. Mm-hmm. But I think the rival television stations, yeah, they pro- they would have lost ratings on Thursday night, but I think 
mm. yeah, a lot of consumer behaviour <clears throat> has been um, uh, it, it has been distorted a bit this week. I'm sure productivity generally has gone down in, yes. in, in offices. Um, well, well it's, it's certainly around of course. Melbourne and around the country, of course, and people around the world people are volunteering and yeah, yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're well, obviously um, people. That, again, we have ex students who um, who are CFA volunteers. That's right. Yes. Hello, Kelvin. Uh, there's uh, there's a beer or two waiting for you when you get back. Mm. Um, and yeah, you've, you've got um, yeah, you've got people like the guy I just mentioned who were called in on Friday, I think Friday last week. Last Friday, yes. Yeah, hopped in the car, drove what up three to, hours up back to Albury Wodonga, up, up to Albury Wodonga, and mm. I think he's still working up there. So yeah, this is um, not good for their employers, not mm. necessarily good for their careers. It's, it's fantastic that so many people volunteer though for this yes. sort of thing. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the wash-up from all this when you know the, the heat dies down and there's going to be a big inquiry. Oh, absolutely yeah. there is. It's and I, I've got to say though, from a marketing perspective, it's, it's important that marketers tread very carefully and make sure that everything they're doing is is seen as being primarily focused on helping those in need Okay. And, and yeah. the secondary mm -hmm. issue is a return to the organisation. Mm. Very much so. Mm. The um, and, and the best way, of course, for it to be seen that way is it for actually to be that way. Mm. Look, the, I, 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 these, these, these rival networks, though, um, very quickly, the rival networks who um, who seem to be complaining, I mean, mm. I don't know whether that is genuine or not. We actually saw a lot of people from rival networks jumping across to Channel 9 and appearing on, on the telethon. For example, Rove McManus uh, from mm -hmm. Channel 10, mm -hmm. he was there uh, and many others so so I'd suggest that rivalry maybe mm. wasn't as um, seen a bit of heartbreak himself yeah. that guy a uh, bit um, of a media beat up yeah, yeah. Oh, of course yeah, yeah well, when mm. one of the but one of the lovely things was I mean I heard on the radio and uh, laugh at me it was 774 somebody in Whittlesea or King Lake was saying gee it'd be lovely if we had a few personalities some sporting some sports people come up to uh, uh, to visit just to cheer the kids up and I think it took half an hour before it was announced that the entire Australian cricket team was, was yeah. flying down from Brisbane and yeah, the and, and I mean they're yeah they're busy at the moment too. Of course. So yeah, the the goodwill, the outpouring of goodwill mm. is there. But going back to your um, uh, your point about the companies being uh, doing the right thing and being seen to be doing the right thing, mm -hmm. I cannot now remember because you put me on the spot uh, whether it was the tsunami or Hurricane Katrina. I think it may have been the tsunami, and an awful lot of businesses um, did things did good things, mm -hmm. but then spent a great deal of money uh, advertising the fact that they'd, that they'd done, done it. The, uh. So, and there were some firms who will remain nameless uh, because they've got good lawyers, <laughs> expensive lawyers, yes. who spent more money on taking out full-page ads in the New York Times than they actually did on the activities that they were uh, that they mm. were supporting. I remember, in fact, this happened at the Olympics as well, where a certain bank. Um, was taking out whole page ads in the paper to say they'd given two hundred dollars to some local community group. But and then you've got other organisations, Johnson and Johnson Medical, for mm -hmm. example, which has uh, been uh, always been on the philanthropic side. So they've given money. They actually have shipping containers full of. Um, emergency stuff, you know, band-aids, clean water, that sort of thing, strategically parked across the United States and the world, ready to shift into uh, shift into areas of um, of need Good. whenever. Yep. But they've never publicised it before. 
Yes. They got so irritated, though, that all these other companies were spending so much money on advertising, they're now starting to let it be known, which is interesting. But they've been doing this for 40, mm. 50 years. As long as they don't yeah. waste too much money letting it be known. Mm. I mean, it's, it's not all that different to the um, uh, the car bailout, bailout we were speaking about a few weeks ago. And mm. um, one of the first things that uh, one of the big car companies did with, uh, with their bailout money was take out full-page ads in... Uh, big US newspapers thanking the population of the US for, for the money. Mm. Um, yeah, so not all that different. Mm. Well, I mean, this, yeah, this goes back to the gorgeous, um, yeah, the, the marketing myopia. Yes. These, these, these are old dinosaur industries that are, yeah, yeah exactly. that are um, being funded possibly inappropriately. But mm. also, talking about inappropriate funding. Yes. Uh, uh, th th those we elect to lead us in Canberra are still insisting on giving each of us $950. Although, well, it's, although, it's, although I bet a heck of a lot of us won't get it. That's so. still being debated in the Senate, and we'll yeah. see, see where that goes. But uh, at this stage, it looks like there'll be this, uh, but, this $950 handout. Okay. All right. $950 to everybody. Absolutely super. You race out and buy yourself a half a plasma screen tally or something. Or oh, a small plasma, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, It'll help the Chinese economy. It will, and it'll help the economy of the uh, the, the shipping economy too. Yes. However, uh, just last year, and it, uh, of course, it's easy, easy, easy to talk in hindsight from the relatively comfortable academic office. But uh, for twenty million dollars, apparently, we could have introduced technology to, to bombard mobile and fixed phones in a certain area with danger messages. Yes. So, if you happen to be in Marysville, the, uh, Hillsville, wherever, some of these uh, fire centres, rather than listening to the radio, you could actually have got the message going straight through, fixed line, mobile phone. Apparently, mm. it would have cost $20 million to set up. Mm. If that was the... Uh, and, uh, and that was considered too expensive. Now, if that, if that was the only issue, and I'm sure there must be technological issues too, things are really this simple, but for the, point of the, for the purpose of the argument, $20 million was too expensive. $950 to, I don't know, three quarters of the population is a lot more than $20 million. Times, well, it, 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 it's factors more than that. Maybe and, that and, 20 and million would have been 20 million very well spent, I would think. Well, indeed, and this comes back to the, you know, the fundamental point that you and I jump up and down about in lecture theatres, mm. uh, me particularly, you don't give money back to customers, satisfied or not. Mm. Well, the customers but, have given you money to provide a service. If uh, you know, um, yeah, yes, it's all very well if I get my car serviced or something. Of course, I want it cheaper. So throwing money back but, at them, you don't think would make them more satisfied, make them happier? Well, my nine hundred and fifty dollars and your nine hundred and fifty dollars is not going to buy you or me a bushfire alert system, is it? I mean, government collects the money for a purpose. Now, I, I'm the just thinking... Of, I, the government collects the money to govern the country, not to then turn around and give it back to most of us. Or what do you think they should be doing with the money then? Well, obviously, well, investing in bushfire alert systems and other things that will, what, improve our standard of living throughout society? Well, yeah, possibly. Uh, there's an awful lot you could do. You look at the CFA those, uh, and the absolute heroes you know, working there, climbing mm -hmm. into those... Have you ever seen the, C the CFA uniforms, how heavy those things are? They uh, would not be comfortable in hot weather. Uh, 46 degrees and a flaming fire front, and you're uh, paddling about in one of those. Mm. Um, the, the volunteers there. You wonder if perhaps some government funding 
some more government funding to that organisation wouldn't have helped our preparedness. Yes, yes, there are some fund, some funded employees, but there are not many countries in the world where the entire country firefighting system outside the cities is basically volunteers. I've got to say, though, I, I wonder whether the average Australian um, would see that it was money well spent going to those sorts of things, as opposed to nine fifty in their pocket. Uh, hindsight, of course, is a wonderful thing. As I've said, oh. yes, it's something that we academics specialise in. They should have done this ages uh, <laughs> ages ago. And yeah, I mean, even uh, two weeks ago, if you'd suggested more money to the CFA, they said, what? Yeah, this is pork barrelling in rural electorates or something. But the environment has changed. Mm. And anybody now who says, no, nah, CFA doesn't deserve more money, is going, going to be very dodgy. Mm. In any case, in any case, yeah. basically, you don't give money back to customers because they've given you the money in the expectation of you delivering them value. Yes. Yeah. So I don't want money back. Yep. If I get my car service... Do something of value yeah, with this money. If I get my car service and it breaks down on the way to the airport and I miss my plane, I don't want my money back for the no. service. What about tax cuts? Would that be better? No. So, no. Well, no. That's a, that's a little bit different, though, We've because it's not, the money. It's, it's not giving money it's back, a tax assuming, cut. Assuming the, government, assuming the government spends it wisely pause for raucous laughter from everybody listening, uh, but assuming they spend it wisely, then that's actually what it's for. And much government money is spent wisely, not all of it, mm. but, but an, an, awful, an awful lot of it is. And in the case of, say, $20 million on the bushfire warning system, I mean, it's only a government that can do that, because nobody else is, yeah. you know, nobody else is, is able to do that. Mind you, all this money pales into insignificance when you get to the really serious business, though, Wags. Now, you've brought another article in here, Cole, yeah. which is about <laughs> some seriously big dollars I can see on that headline there. Yeah. Seriously big dollars, seriously big business. I could revert to my, the accent with which I grew up in Manchester. Manchester United income. Manchester United football, soccer team. Football team. Apparently, well, hang on, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous calling them a team. This is a, a well-oiled marketing machine. It's, it's a business. It's a very, very well-performing business. They employ some very, very, um, uh, uh, some very, very expensive. Now, the headline here is Manchester United income soars in the football rich list. What is their annual turnover? Well, their turnover last season, a bit over two hundred and fifty million pounds. That's right. like that's, that's like well over half a billion dollars. That's six gazillion dollars, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's six hundred, <laughs> six hundred, seven hundred million. Oh no, no, actually the pound's gone down, hasn't it? It's only about five or six hundred million dollars, a mere five or six hundred oh million dollars. God, that'd buy you a few bushfire warning what systems, a wouldn't huge it? Huge organisation. Now, does okay, massive turnover, but does mm -hmm. this translate into sporting success? I'm, financial glad, I'm success. glad you asked me that question, Wags. <laughs> Does financial success translate into sporting success? Well, actually, it's a bit of both, because the sporting success translates into financial success. Are you going to ask me where on the, on the ladder Manchester United, my team, are? Tell me, Cole, where on the ladder is MU? <laughs> As it happens, Wags, thank you for asking, right up there on the top. Yeah, right up of there course. on top, a couple of points clear with a game in hand. Is that because they can buy the best players, because they've got this massive revenue? I'm not sure that anybody... Plays for, plays for Manchester United uh, just at the moment was ever born in Manchester. No, which is, of course it's a, not. It's a change from when I were a lad growing up in Manchester 30 <laughs> years ago, I can tell you. Because it was, because they, they they, we had imports from 30, 40 miles away and they were considered the strangers. Mm. Now I think one of the biggest issues they have is language. 
because they've got people from all over the world, all over Europe and South America. Of course, thanks. So yes. But th there's actually is a very interesting correlation there between uh, the wealth of a club and how successful they are. You look at the, you know, the top four teams are... On the on the ladder, if you like, it's called the league over there. But the top four teams there are the top four income earners, of course. And I think there are parallels here in um, uh, in the AFL as well. And I mean, those teams that do well yeah. over time are always those that are. No, I guess financially better off as well. Which is why the, the market gets distorted by the salary cap and so on, which yeah. keeps people talking. Now, if I attempt to, to bring balance back into it through that, yeah. yes. Mm. To, uh, to, to yeah, make things okay. a bit unfair. Yeah. Now, moving on. Um, one last topic that I think is worth us uh, discussing this week, because there's been a couple of reports in the last week that have come out on this, and that's green marketing, climate change, sustainability... Very, very topical, given the, you know, the tragedies that are happening and will probably continue to happen through summer yeah, oh. with, the, with the bushfires. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so the climate change and so on is um, is being blamed partially for, for some of the problems uh, that we're seeing around uh, around Victoria at the moment. Well, I don't think there's any coincidence that the, you know, the bushfires happened on the hottest day in Melbourne's history, ever, wasn't it? Of course, yes, ever. Right. Yeah. After the, uh, a week after the hottest period ever. Three days of 40 degrees we've never had before, I don't think. Exactly. So there's some um, reports that have come out, um, one from Accenture and the other from uh, BCG, the Boston Consulting Group, mm -hmm. uh, in the last uh, last week or so, um, looking at climate change, looking at green marketing, green issues, sustainability. Um, now, firstly, the Accenture report, mm -hmm. um, which connects climate change and consumers' perceptions of climate change back to their behaviour in purchasing... Um, energy, for example, electricity. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And what was interesting was that um, about 12 months ago, Accenture conducted some research in which the findings showed that 88% of people contacted said they would be willing to switch energy companies that offered low carbon emission products and services. Said they would be willing to. Would yeah. be willing to, yeah. Um, now, we, we um, spoke uh, recently with um, Phil Williams. He's the um, climate change lead for Accenture uh, in Asia Pacific. Yeah. And this is what he had to say about that. Yeah. One of the main findings in Accenture's climate change research has shown that despite worsening economic conditions, consumer sentiment towards climate change has remained quite durable. In fact, 8 out of 10 people in Australia say they're concerned by climate change and consider that it will directly impact their life. Okay, so a lot of people say that... Uh, the people were concerned about it and they felt it would impact their lives, climate change would. Yes. As, and as indeed has happened over the last week for all of us here. Yeah. Um, so 88% said they'd be willing to switch. We asked him then, has this actually materialised? Yeah, this is the interesting question, isn't it? Accenture's global research in climate change in 2007 showed that there was a strong declared willingness to switch to energy suppliers who are offering more environmentally friendly products and services. However, in 2008, the research showed that the reality was that only one in six consumers actually switched. So only one in six. Big difference between 88% and one in six. One in six is what? 17%. Yeah. Yeah, so only 17% actually switched. So um, they said they'd be willing to switch, only 17% actually did. There's a marketing issue for you. Absolutely. People who say they're interested in doing something, they're not converting it into action. And their research actually went one step further to explain why they weren't switching, and they said that there was lack of information available. 81% uh, said there was no information, so they mm. weren't aware of the options. Um, and the others said that uh, believed that their energy provider didn't actually offer a green alternative. 
even if the green uh, yeah. alternative was available. Mm-hmm. So once again, lack of awareness is the, the big issue here. So you'd like to, well, perhaps they say there's a lack of awareness, but mm. Mm. Yeah. it may, may well, of course, be that we, we are, when you come down to it, would you actually pay extra? Uh, well, interesting you should ask that, because uh, BCG, the Boston mm-hmm. Consulting Group, also have just recently uh, released mm-hmm. this report talking about whether people are prepared to pay more mm-hmm. for something green. Um, now, over the last 12 months, um, when asked the question, are you prepared to pay a higher price for green products? Mm-hmm. Okay, we've gone from 20% saying yes yeah. to 24% saying yes. So there has been a slight increase there. Okay. Which is which is good to hear, interesting to hear. Be interesting to run those numbers again, sort of post economic meltdown, because that really started hitting in what October or so. Yes, exactly. Right. So, so yeah, that that may be an interesting issue there. Um, what was interesting though, with the it, well, it may also. I mean, from, from the point of view of those uh, sitting at home getting apoplectic about us being sort of Chardonnay socialists here, <laughs> uh, it it may be it, it may be that um, the climate change issues are the sorts of things that the wealthy middle class with money to spare tend to get excited about. Mm. And so you know, as, as we increase awareness there, although 20 to 24 percent is yeah, getting it's, up a bit. It is, good, yeah. yes. But, I mean, the incentives for people to buy green, though, mm. are often more than just societal. Mm. And BCG's uh, findings showed that often the benefits are personal as mm-hmm. well. It's all about saving money. So uh, when asked about their green behaviours, it's yeah. things such as turning off home electronics when they're not in use, okay, recycling or reusing products, um, using low-energy light bulbs or using less water. So in other words, helping the world and saving money at the same time. So I'm actually saving money but so that I don't look like a stingy old goat to my parents, uh, to my family. I'm doing it for green reasons. I'm doing it for green reasons, yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm turning off the lights. <laughs> So I think to save the world, not to keep my electricity bill down. Although, so what you're saying is that you're actually doing it to save a dollar on the electricity. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's interesting finding. Yeah. Things such as buying organic food and eating less meat mm-hmm. and those sorts of things um, often won't personally save you money, uh, and they're actually much lower down on the ranking of, of motivators. On the ranking of motivators, indeed. But of those people who do spend more for. Yep. Uh, for green type products it's those high involvement things mm. the organic food that is better for you many people believe yes. myself included yep. um, tastes better and so on mm-hmm. they will spend money on that because it's uh, we will spend more money on it because the difference is tangible exactly yeah. I mean things like um, buying a hybrid car Toyota Prius for example yeah okay people today say it's, it's a very low likelihood mm-hmm. but when asked about their behavior in the future mm-hmm. a lot of saying yes in the future I will do that yeah but no not today and the, for those people whose image is very important and to, mm-hmm. who've got who've got the income I mean I, I don't think there's a Hollywood star who hasn't got a Toyota prize yeah um, and when asked mm-hmm. why those who aren't buying green, why they're not, mm-hmm. now this is this yeah. is massive implication for marketers mm-hmm. here. The two biggest reasons given: number one was that they are unaware of green products, mm-hmm. and the second is that they feel as though there are not enough green product options. So it gets down to marketing communication. Not enough green products are green. Well, if if that's what it is, or if they just actually don't want to. Well. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's what they're saying, yeah. I guess. But, I mean, it's, this is, um, you certainly can't... That's certainly uh, something really worth... I mean, it's very, very interesting mm. 
to work that out. I mean, it, it's a, it's a to, to drill down into that and to find out why it is, mm. because it's a it, it's a complete shift in thinking from the old. You know, do I shop at Coles or Safeway? Do I fly with Qantas or Virgin? Do I drink Coke or Pepsi? Mm. So the lessons it's, here. Th this is this is actually behavioural change that we're looking at, mm. which is really important from the point of view of societal marketing. Exactly. It's I think the lessons shift. The lessons uh, here, if if you do if you are marketing green products, yeah. you certainly need to scream from the top of the hills and let the world know that yeah. they're available. Yeah. People and want them, yeah. but they're not aware that they're available. Yeah. And even if, you're, even if you're not marketing green products, you still need to understand it. Mm. Because you know, governments aren't going to continue dishing out uh, taxpayers' money to the Fords and the Chryslers uh, uh, of this world as they, did, uh, as they did late last year. Yes. For them to then turn around and spend it on full-page ads in the newspapers, as you pointed out. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's an interesting report, the Boston Consulting Group capturing the green advantage for consumer companies. Hmm. Uh, some really interesting findings in there. That's it for this week, Colin. Um, it's been a, an interesting week in Melbourne. So, yeah, well, uh, good luck to everyone. Uh, <laughs> best wishes. And if you have been affected by the bush bushfires, I do hope that recovery comes soon. Yes, and that's from, from all of us here at monashmarketing.com. Of course. Mm. Thank you very much, Cole. See you again next week. Thank you, Wade. See you next week. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Marketing Today. Thank you so much for listening. I uh, hope you've enjoyed that chat with Cole on the couch. And I do repeat once again, our thoughts really are with everyone affected by those horrific fires around Victoria as we speak. They are continuing and uh, please everyone, stay safe. To take us out this week, a sombre, quiet music track from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. You can check it out online at music.podshow.com. This is from Jason Moss, and the track is called Face My Fears. It seems to me we all lost touch in this world, and a friendship is through. And while around there's lots of hating, I would love for this all to diffuse Cause I've left you and my sorrows And you are not to blame Cause when it all boiled down It's time that I turn around Face my fears, I too. I... Seems to me that fate has crushed Things that we never thought we would lose And while around there's lots of anger Well, I won't hang my head and approve 
Cause I've left you and my sorrows And you are not to blame Cause when it all boiled down It's time that I turn around And face my fears I too I Whoa Whoa La da da And my love, well, it changed. Whoa, no one is to blame. Cause when it all crashes down, it helps to turn it around and face your fears. I do. You can join our conversation by calling plus 61 3 or by emailing podcast at monishmarketing.com. This podcast is protected under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License. You are welcome to share and remix this podcast for non-commercial purposes.